Okay, we have two split sermons today. So for our first one, we have a, a one by Mr. Sean Witt, and he's changed the title to Transformation. Keep the changes going. Nothing like changes on changes. Well, hold on. We'll do that later. Okay. John? Well, good afternoon, everyone. On this most beautiful Sabbath day we're having. So it's kind of funny, you know, my title was Keep the Change, and I figured, let's go ahead and change that. Uh, as I got through the message, I thought, you know, transformation, keep the change going, sounded a bit better just as my message progressed. But I'd already turned in my title, so I thought, well, we'll just leave it. You know, as a young man growing up in the church, I remember being taught and hearing that we were going to be going through much worse and more evil times as time went on. Fast forward to now, we're definitely living in a chaotic world that is changing before our eyes. It's becoming more evil all the time, as we can see. In the past, change was a bit slower. It was more localized. You know, as change in trends would happen, you know, you'd see the fashion in California or New York, it would take several months or possibly even years to go around the world and have things be uh, keeping up with uh, the, the changing trends. It seemed to be a bit slower. Well now, thanks to being more connected, change is more instantaneous. It's uh, more of a global basis. Things change overnight and it's pretty much around the world. It seems like you visit different cities now and they all kind of look the same, just with all the fast food places and restaurants and uh, just commercial such situations, it seems like there's everyone thinks the same. Uh, the thing about change is that it's either good change or it's bad change. But nothing ever stays the same. As a reminder, please turn with me to excuse me, Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 15, talking about change. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search, and a time to give up. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is a gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken from it. God does it so that his people will fear him. 
Whatever has already been and what will be has been before, and God will call the past to account. And I saw something under the sun. I saw something else under the sun, and in the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. I said to myself, God will bring into judgment both righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. You know, life is precious. It's a gift from God. We don't know the number of our days. We can be here today and gone tomorrow. We could be traveling home and get into an accident and not be here. We just don't know what can happen. So we need to leave, live each day to its fullest and not take it for granted. You know, when I talk to my mom, I'll call her and talk to her each night. And I'm reminded of what a blessing this life really is and how much life changes and does not remain the same. When I talk to her, she loves to share, me, share with me stories of her childhood. She'll tell me about how she had fun with her four brothers growing up and how they would tease her and would also uh, stand up for her in a lot of cases. And, you know, she talks about getting married to my dad and reminiscing of going to Niagara Falls for their honeymoon. And she talks about these fond memories and as you know, in more recent years, uh, her life has changed drastically. My father passed away about two years ago. Now she lives in a rehab center for the time being as she recovers from her broken leg. And this is all the progression of life as we read in Ecclesiastes that I had read. She's recovering well, uh, but her life has definitely changed. Um, but I'm inspired by her faith and her trust in God that he is still with her, even though she's going through all these different changes in her life. And we all go through these changes, and we all will. And for all that she has been through, I'm impressed with her great attitude that she's had through all of this. Don't get me wrong, she still has her days where she's down and needs to cry and just needs to talk and have somebody lift her up and encourage her. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is change is inevitable, like I'm saying. It's going to happen. Nothing remains the same for very long. But we need to remember that God is in control of all things. He gives us free moral agency as we maneuver through this gift of this life. And he allows situations and circumstances to happen to us to test us to see how we're going to react. As I mentioned, what kind of changes have you gone through in your life? You know, that's something to think about and ponder on. How have you reacted to the changes in your life? You know, as we go through this journey on this path of this race we are running called life, we have to strive for positive change and the way we do that is through constant seeking of God Almighty through Bible study, prayer, and meditation. Transforming our minds and hearts. You know, Passover is just a few weeks away now. It's time to take an assessment. It's time to do an examination. To see how we measure up. To see the good, see the bad, 
to make positive changes in our lives. And I looked up the definition of examine. So I'm just going to read you what it says here, uh, Webster's Dictionary. Uh, first of all, it says to inspect closely. So when you're doing an examination, you're inspecting yourself very closely. In my line of work, I inspect parts. I have to make sure those parts are correct before they go out. So it's just like in life, we have to inspect ourselves to see how are we doing, how far off have we gone. We may be way off and not even realize it. Also, is to test the condition, uh, to inquire into carefully, to interrogate, closely examine a prisoner, uh, more ways of examining, to test by questioning in order to determine progress, fitness, or knowledge. So we want to really test ourselves to see how we are doing. We have to go deep. We can't just look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm good, and walk away. We have to really take the time to look at us and do what we need to do. Not just looking in the mirror, like I said, and walking away, thinking we're good. Please go to 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5 through 10. And we'll talk about this some more. Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you are disqualified. But I trust that you will know that you are not disqualified. Now I pray to God that you do know evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable through we may seem disqualified. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. And this also we pray that you may be made complete. Therefore, I write these things being absent, lest being present. I should use sharpness according to the authority which the Lord has given me for edification and not for destruction. And that's Paul talking to the Corinthians. In this life, in this test of life, God wants us to succeed. He wants us to pass the exam. But we have to do the work. We have to be striving to measure up to the standard that his son set for us. We cannot take this exercise lightly. Anytime we set out to accomplish things in life, we have to study for it. We have to have the knowledge to pass the exam. If you do not have the knowledge for studying, how can you pass the exam? You have to be able to study to pass that exam. And not just pass the exam with head knowledge, but to apply what we've learned. Having it being in our hearts, as well as allowing God's Holy Spirit to guide us to seek all truth. You know, I'm reminded of teaching Alyssa how to drive, my daughter. We decided to do a AAA insurance driving course instead of having somebody uh, do it for us. And it was good. I'm glad that we did. Uh, it was a learning experience for sure. Um, we did not just jump in the car and start driving. Uh, we had to do some groundwork first, and it was my car, so especially I didn't want Alyssa just jumping in my car driving. So we had to have her read and study the material, and then she had to take an exam and make sure she fully understood it before she could get behind the wheel. After passing the written exam, it was time to start doing the driving part and applying what she had learned. I'll admit 
uh, there was some pressure on me trying to make sure I was training her correctly as her teacher and making the time to teach her as well. We had to do like 50 hours of driving, 30 of it I believe was during the day, and 20 hours at night. And that training had to be done before she could do her actual drive exam. I learned a few things myself while training her uh, that I didn't fully understand before. Uh, some of these examples I'll share with you, like uh, when I was training her, you know, you use your right foot to use the gas and the brake. I don't know why I thought of this, but I told her, uh, use both feet. You can use your, your right foot for the gas and the left for the other one. And I realized it was all wrong, and luckily she didn't crash into anything. But she had to unlearn that. And another thing I learned was you don't pull out into the intersection on a green light. If it's a green arrow, you can pull out and go. But if it's green, you stay there and wait till the other cars have come through. Then you proceed into the intersection and turn. She actually failed her first driving test because of that knowledge that I shared with her. So she had to take the test again. But in the end, she knows how to drive now. And she's using this knowledge every day to drive back and forth. And hopefully making wise choices as she's driving. Uh, she's learned from a few mistakes that she's made while she's been driving, and we all do. You know, we sometimes drive faster than we should, get speeding tickets and things of that nature, but it's a learning experience, and as we grow in grace and knowledge as we're driving as well, we do better, and we make better choices. And something that's a win for me as well is, I'm happy to say Alyssa's on her own insurance policy now, so definitely a win for me. So now in conclusion, I would like to turn to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your own reasonable service, and not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are all going through the process of conversion, all at different stages of maturity, all seeking the same goal to renew our minds and to come out of this evil world that is changing before our eyes. As commanded, we need to take time to be examining ourselves and to see how we measure up. We can't take the Passover without first taking the time to study and to meditate on the material to ultimately pass our test. As I was writing this message, I was in my wife's office and I was looking up at the wall at this beautiful picture of butterflies. I thought, wow, this is, this is really pretty, seeing all these really pretty beautiful butterflies and thinking about what they go through to change to become a butterfly. You know, we go through the process of life and we struggle with what we're going through right now to prepare for that final transformation. Just like a butterfly going through the metamorphosis, it struggles inside that cocoon as it's changing to become a butterfly. It's worth it what we go through. God has so much in store for us that's beyond our imagination. So at this time, I would like to show a short video. And as you're watching this short video, remember, we are being transformed. Keep the change going. <laughs> 